You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Take your Bible with me and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Very familiar passage of scripture that we will read and launch off from this morning. The old Puritans used to call the preaching of the Word of God soul work. I want you to think about that. The preaching of the Word of God soul work. I hope that uh, you came to church today wanting God to do a work in your soul. Maybe you've heard the expression uh, soul searching. I trust that you will do some soul searching today as the word of God is being preached. Remember the words of David, search me, O God, and know my heart. Today I'm going to preach on a subject that touches every single one of our lives. I've entitled the message this morning, Life is Too Short to be Bitter. Life is too short to be bitter. The older you get, the more you realize how short this life is. The Bible says that life is but a vapor. It appears for a little season and then it vanisheth away. It's gone. So life comes and life goes. But let me tell you something here today. Life is too short to be bitter. Here in Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to begin with verse 26. It says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither neither give place to who? The devil. What does the devil want to get you? Bitter. Do not give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that thing which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. But let all, what's the next word? Bitterness. Life is too short to be bitter. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on his word today. Heavenly Father, I come before you as the preacher, as the one who is putting forth your word so that the Spirit of God can do that soul work. And Father, in order for you to do that soul work in each and every one of us, we need to do some soul searching. And so we ask you to search our hearts 
to see if there be any wicked way in us, especially as it applies to the subject of this morning, and that is bitterness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's not a one of us here in this room that has not been hurt deeply by someone else. The Lord Jesus, when addressing his disciples, said these words in Luke 17 and verse 1. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, it is impossible. Are you with me today? It is impossible, but that offenses will come. We cannot live this life without being offended. Offenses will come, but then Jesus said this, but woe unto him through whom they come. Offenses are going to come, but don't be offensive yourself, is what Jesus is saying. Paul put it this way to the Corinthian church. He said, if you want to avoid being offended, he said, you must needs go out of this world. Well, guess what? We're in it until the Lord takes us out of it. And while we are in it, we better learn how to deal with the offenses that certainly are going to come our way in life. Now, I'm not trying to stir up any bitter feelings in you right now. But I do have a few questions to ask you as we begin this message this morning. And that is, what was your response? If you can remember... What was your response to the last person who really hurt you deeply? And have you ever noticed how you may be talking to someone and you'll say, are you bitter? And they'll usually say, no, I'm just really hurt. Well, when was it that you were really hurt? Did you feel an urge to retaliate towards that person who hurt you so deeply? Maybe you didn't take any action against them, but you have harbored a bitter spirit toward them for what they did. Have you ever found yourself telling others how deeply that someone has hurt you and wounded you and offended you? Have you ever gossiped about them? Whether it was at home, whether it was at work, whether it was at school, or maybe even in church, hoping that others would take up your offense and feel poorly for you. Every time you think of that person, do you get angry? Is there this emotional churning in your gut every time you think of the person and what they did and how they hurt you? When that person's name comes up in a conversation... Do you usually think a negative thought about them? Or is it something positive? Do you find it hard to pray that God would bless them? Is it hard for you to see any good qualities in their life? Boy, someone's having a time of it out there, aren't they? That little kid's bitter right now, I'll tell you what. Do you have a subtle secret 
I hope that person pays for what they did. Do you ever think, well, you know what, I really wouldn't mind if something really bad happened to them, that they get what they deserve? Do you feel like you just cannot thank God for that person? And let's be honest. How many of you have ever had any of those thoughts or feelings about a person? I have. I wrote this. <laughs> yeah. If any of these things that I have just mentioned are true of you, as they have been true of me, what I failed to realize was the great damage that I was doing to myself. And also the damage that I was doing to others by having an unforgiving spirit towards these individuals. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15, looking diligently. Boy, we have to be so careful about this. Because it affects every one of us. Looking diligently, lest any man, any one of us, feel the grace of God. I'm so thankful that when offenses come, God's grace is there to enable us to come through on the victory side. We don't have to have these kind of responses. But looking diligently, lest any man feel the grace of God, lest any root, root of bitterness spring up. Boy, they quickly spring up, don't they? Ever notice how weeds just quickly spring up? You don't have to plant them, they just grow. They spring up, they trouble you, and listen to this, and thereby defile many others. So this bitter root will defile you spiritually, but then it will affect everyone else that you come into contact with. Your bitterness breeds itself into other people's lives. Failure to forgive when offended is devastating. One man said this, it is a form of self-inflicted punishment. Think about that. It is a form of self-inflicted punishment. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes to the Lord Jesus with a question. Good question. Matthew chapter 18, we're going to begin with verse 21 and follow along as I read. When you're there, give me an amen. Amen. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? Offenses will come. And I forgive him till seven times. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay his Lord, commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all he had, and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down, fell down before the king, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all, I'll pay you every penny back. Then the Lord said unto the servant, 
Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him. And here's the key word. And what? Forgave him. The debt. The entire debt was forgiven. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, just a couple dollars. And he laid his hand on him and took him by the throat. Can you imagine this? Saying, pay me that thou owest me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went out and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. And then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, Thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the what? Tormentors. I'll tell you what, bitterness will torment you. Delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay that was due unto him. So likewise, here's the application to that story. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers their trespasses. Failure to forgive is self-inflicted punishment. You will be turned over to the tormentors until you come to a place of repentance in your life for not forgiving that individual for what they've done to you. Bitterness, this is how I see it. I see it as a destructive pit. As a destructive pit. I wish I I could use the PowerPoint today. A destructive pit into which many fall. I want to tell you something here as a pastor, and sadly, many never climb out of. They're cast into that pit, and they are imprisoned, and they never come out. As we journey through this life, offenses are going to come, right? In Matthew, Jesus said, woe unto the world because of offenses. I'm going to tell you something right now. We live in a, in a world, there is offenses everywhere. I have never, ever seen our people as divided as we are today. There is bitterness on both sides. This nation of ours is in trouble because we are so embittered one toward another. Nothing can seem to get accomplished because of our bitterness. It should not be that way with us, dear people. Remember what Ephesians said, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Yes or no? 
Be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Very, very simple statements. Just forgive because God through Christ has forgiven you, just like the parable we just read. Well, this sounds simple, but the truth is it's not so simple. At least not for me. It's not easy to forgive someone who's hurt you. Yes or no? It's not easy. When someone takes advantage of you, yes, you are going to feel embittered toward them. When someone slanders you and slanders your character, it hurts. When someone lies to you, or when someone lies about you, when someone steals from you, when someone just absolutely makes your life miserable, it's not easy to forgive them as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. No matter what the hurt, maybe it came through the words that they spoke to you or against you, or maybe it came by deeds that they committed. Forgiveness can be a very terribly difficult process. And when I thought about the devil, do not give place to what? Do not, say it with me, do not give place to the, you know what he does when we experience these things? He jumps on it. He jumps on it, and he tries to drive the knife deeper, and he tries to make us bitter. He entices us to become angry and take revenge. You didn't deserve that. That wasn't right. And he wants to throw us not only into the pit, but he wants to keep us in that pit of an unforgiving spirit. Jesus taught his disciples, I was actually on the couch last night and I was going over this message and Shelly was there and Levi was across from her and they were working on their school together. And I don't even know exactly what I said. You remember what I said, honey? But she goes, what are you talking about? And I said, this verse. I know this verse. You know this verse. But I say unto you, love your enemies. How many of you know that verse? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Really? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ain't how I react. How about you? But that is exactly how we should react. We should love them. We should bless them. We should do good to them. And we should pray for them. Now, have you ever heard a preacher say, this message speaks more to me than it does to you? I'm preaching this message to myself today. But you know what? I can't help but believe I'm preaching it to you too. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 
1 Peter chapter 2. Because of our time here, I'm not going to read this whole passage here, but I'll refer to it. You could be looking at it. But we'll kind of want to listen in to what Peter was saying to his readers that were undergoing severe, severe persecution for their faith in Christ. They were really suffering. They were scattered. Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, just scattered all over because of persecution. Lost their jobs, lost their family, basically lost everything. You ever notice we are great whiners? Aren't we? It is really really incredible how God has blessed us. The other day I went to Secretary of State. Hey, when you go to Secretary of State, register online before you go there. Boom, right in. But I had some things I needed to take care of with Levi, and I was... I had a license plate off of one of my trailers that I had had a blowout and it had come up and it had grabbed the license plate and tore my fender and ripped the license plate all up. You could hardly read the license plate. So uh, I went in and I said, I need to replace my license plate. And she said, uh, well, what was the number? I said, I forgot. And, you know, I, I don't have the number. She said, well, we can look it up for you. We looked it up and she looks over at me. She goes, you own a lot of toys, don't you? <laughs> Three cars, a pontoon, a boat, two motorcycles, six trailers. Years ago, I preached a message, too much stuff. And so we were going through trying to figure out which license plate it was that I need to be replaced. We have been so blessed. We sit here in this beautiful church, comfortable chairs. I can hear the air conditioning running. We have no idea what these people were experiencing because of their faith. They lost everything. Look at verse 1. First Peter chapter 2. He tells them to lay aside all malice and guile that is bitterness and evil speaking. Drop down to verse 11. We look at verse 11 through verse 17. He said, do good works towards those who do evil towards you. He goes on, he said, do not speak evil against those that speak evil against you. Do not become malicious towards those who become malicious towards you. Have a good testimony of well-doing towards those who mistreat you and take advantage of you. And then he says, when you're dishonored, honor the ones that dishonor you. Wow. Wow. And then he gives us the example of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 18 through verse 23. He says, you be willing to endure grief. Be willing to accept suffering wrongfully. Be patient towards those who sin against you. Do not allow their sin toward you to cause you to sin. 
Do not allow guile or bitterness to be found in your mouth. When you're reviled, don't revile, don't fight back. When they threaten you, do not threaten them in return, but submit to God. That's a tall order. But don't you think, church, don't you think if we did this, that God would just remove that bitterness from our hearts? Life is too short to be bitter. There are so many scriptural principles that we need to understand and that we need to embrace if we're going to avoid falling into that pit. Let me read to you just a few verses of scripture. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That sounds pretty serious to me. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Really, is that how you want God to forgive you? Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. If he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turns to thee saying, I repent, forgive him. Just keep on forgiving him. When ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any. If thy brother trespass against thee, forgive him. Recompense to no man evil for evil. If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Dear the beloved, avenge not yourselves, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, what? Feed him. If he thirst, give him something to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And another dieth, and another dieth in the bitterness of his soul, and never eateth with pleasure. Is that how you want to live your life? For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Destruction and misery are in their way and the way of peace they have not known. Could we go on and on and on and on and on and on reading similar scriptures? Well, let's talk in the next few minutes that we have here about the definition of unforgiveness. What is unforgiveness? I think if you're going to understand unforgiveness, you need to understand forgiveness. Because once you understand what forgiveness is, then you can really understand what unforgiveness is. Forgiveness is a willingness to give up your resentment towards someone. I'm going to give it up. No matter how they have wronged me, 
regardless of what they have done, no matter how severe or serious the pain that they have inflicted upon me, I give up my resentment toward them. In other words, you renounce your desire to get even. There's three important elements of forgiveness when it comes to resentment. It's giving up your resentment about the wrong that was done to you. I want to tell you something. I've been wronged in my life. And sometimes I have resented the wrong and the damage that that wrong has done to me. But you give up that resentment. You give up the resentment that you feel toward not just the wrong, but toward the one who did the wrong to you. And then you give up your desire for retaliation. I am not going to hurt the one who's hurt me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it to God. And can I tell you something? God can take care of it a whole lot better than we can. Forgiveness is so much more than just... Got to fly up here at the altar. Forgiveness is so much more than just saying, I forgive you. I have told people I have forgiven them, but deep in my heart, I haven't. How many of you have done the same? Okay, thank you. Appreciate your honesty today. But according to Matthew 18, verse 35, true forgiveness has to come from the heart. It cannot just be words that we say. And you've heard me say this verse. This verse means a lot to me because there's a lot of things I need God's help with. And when it comes to this whole issue of bitterness, I need God's help. And if I'm to forgive from the heart those who trespass or sin against me, then I need to have the heart of God. And so I have to ask God, would you give me your heart of forgiveness? Because to be honest with you, I don't have it. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to verse 15 says this, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Does God want to give me his forgiving heart? So I have to ask him, Lord, I don't have it. Just get honest with God. I don't have it, but will you give me your heart? Following Christ's example, Father, forgive them, for they what, church? They know not what they do. A lot of people have offended us and they don't even realize it. Forbearing one another. You know what that means to forbear one another? It means put up with each other. I want to tell you, some of you I've put up with for 30 some years. I won't mention any names, but one's big and one's little. 
and they usually sit right by each other. <laughs> Close to the aisle. Halfway up. But you know what? They're dear friends of mine. I heard the word hanyak yesterday. I haven't heard that since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> you know, I put up with those two hanyaks. But you know what? They put up with me too. We just forbear with each other. We forgive one another. Even as Christ has put up with us, He has forgiven us. When I think of what the Bible teaches about forgiveness, forgive us our debts. Forgiveness means that you absolutely clear that person's debt that you're holding against him. How many of you have ever been in debt to someone? Has your hand been in debt? Don't you love being in debt? But when someone sins against us and we hold that against them, you know what we're doing? We're, we're putting them in debt to us. They're in debt to make that right. They better make that right. Let it go. Amen? Let it go. It's no fun to hold someone in debt to you. To forgive means that you clear their record. How many have ever hit the delete button? How many have ever hit it accidentally? But how many have hit it on purpose? I'm going to ask you to do it today. When it comes to this altar call, I'm going to ask you to hit the delete button. Delete it. Delete it off your record against them and their record against you. Forgiveness means you never bring it up again. Aren't you glad when God forgave us, he removed it as far as the east is from the west? I'll remember that no more, he says. Unforgiveness, on the other hand, is just that deliberate mindset, I am going to get even. Well, that makes you a real happy person. Right? A couple Sundays ago, we preached about losing your joy. You want to lose your joy? How many want to lose their joy? You want to lose your joy? Then just get bitter. Unforgiveness is resenting not only the wrong, but resenting the wrongdoer. How can I get revenge? 
in the words that I say about them and the things that I do towards them. That passage that we read there in Ephesians chapter 4, it associates unforgiveness with bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice. When you think about that, it's really foolish to hold on to our bitterness. Isn't it, church family? So foolish because of that damage that we're doing to ourselves. And the damage we're doing to others. How many people do you know? Of course, not you. Never you. But how many people do you know who have become spiritually, emotionally, and physically sick? Because day by day, year by year, that terrible cancer of an unforgiving spirit has spread completely through their whole heart. An unforgiving heart, it clings to the past. It refuses. I will not extend to my offender the grace that God has extended to me. When I think of how I have sinned against my Lord and the constant forgiveness and grace He offers to me, how could I ever grab someone by the throat and shake them and say, pay me what thou owest. When their debt is so small and insignificant to the debt that we have been forgiven of. One of the most severe repercussions that bitterness has is that it just spreads like poison. It's a Acidic poison. The Bible calls it the gall of bitterness, which leads to the bondage of iniquity. It just, listen, it just eats away at the soul. That's why the Puritans said that the preaching of the Word of God was soul work. What we're doing today, church, this is soul work. This is getting right down to the very heart of the issue where we live. Dr. Charles Stanley said these words. The truth is that people choose to be unforgiving. It is a deliberate decision and a self-inflicted pain. They carry the illusion that other people have caused their misery. But in reality, they have elected to take on a form of self-imposed bondage. I think he just nailed it on the head. Matthew 18. I'm convinced that few of us realize the terrible, terrible effects that bitterness has on the soul. As the writer of Hebrews said, an unforgiving spirit is defiling. Don't you think it would be a good thing today to say, I'm not going to be defiled anymore?
I want my joy back. I don't want that poison pulsing through my body anymore. I don't want it affecting my mind. How many of you would say, as I I close, I'm winding this up, that um, having an unforgiving spirit is just being disobedient to God? How many would say that? God commands us to forgive. When we refuse to forgive, you know what that is? That is just prideful rebellion against God and his word. It's just saying, I am not going to do it. It's deliberate disobedience. Maybe there's some of us that need to do some serious repenting today. The root of bitterness, it'll keep you from being the person that God has designed you to be. It'll prevent you from carrying out the will of God for your life. It will affect every other relationship in your life. That's why when Peter said, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? That's why Jesus said 70 times 7. Do you think Jesus meant what he said? As I close, let me remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul. Bear with one another and forgive one another in the very same way that God has forgiven us in Christ. Let's have every head bowed and right close. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.